Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's good, Internet? Welcome. And thank you for tuning into the Syrupcast. The Syrupcast, in case this is your first time, is a podcast by Mobile Syrup in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. I'm your host, after a long break, uh, Igor Bonifacic. This is episode 196. We're recording it on Thursday, April 25th. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup Managing Editor, Patrick. Patrick, how are you? I'm good. What's up? Not too much. New player enters. We have one, Bryson Massey. How are you, Bryson? Not bad. Uh, how are you? Tell us a bit about yourself for mobile syrup readers that don't read the website. Oh, man. <laughs> how many of those are you? How many of there? Uh, pardon me. Uh, I am a uh, telecom reporter. I uh, moved to Toronto uh, about end of last year and uh, found my way to mobile syrup to talk about all sorts of weird stuff that uh, goes on in the business, like... Uh, oh, misinformation uh spoofing and um oh all the all that the weird stuff that happens and uh, i do have one question for the podcast is Mm -hmm. and um uh is swearing allowed (laughs) no we like to keep it pg-13 here pg-13 yes all right but uh that's good to know Good old Ted, also joining us. He might drop some F-bombs. How are you, Ted? I'm fabulous, man. How are you? There's an F-bomb. There's an F-bomb. Yeah, there we go. The positive kind of (laughs) F-bomb. The positive kind of F-bomb. I have sworn before, though. Yes. In the past, but I didn't use an F-bomb. Right. And it was very... for clarity. Yes. And it was used, one might say, with class and dignity. It was used eloquently. Oh, thank you. Okay. You know, there's a certain situation call for expletives. Such as the Leafs' performance. Well, (laughs) we we won't go into the Leafs uh, in this one, but, you know. What we will go into is the Galaxy Fold, which Samsung just folded on. Um, Galaxy F-bomb. Yeah, Galaxy F-bomb. There you go. In case you've been living under a rock, uh, the Galaxy Fold not coming to market, at least anytime soon, or uh, it's been delayed indefinitely. Uh, Pat, do you want to just give us the rundown? Yeah, the saga, and um, then we will get to questions, discussion. Yeah, so I, I guess to, to put it concisely, um, the phone was given to a number of reviewers, YouTubers, uh, probably a few influencers in the mix. Um, they probably had it, I would say, I don't know, Ted, what do you think, like three or four days before problems started to show up? It seemed like it was three or four days. Yeah. One it was day pretty, for it, some it, it was less than a week. I it mean, was, yeah. it was less than a week, yeah. So the, I think the first instance was, um, at least the first one that I saw was uh, Dieter Bone from The Verge um, wrote a story about debris getting under the display mm-hmm. um, and kind of poking through the screen itself. Um, and then we started to see reports from like other notable people that yeah, Marcus, Marcus Brownlee, Marcus Brownlee, yeah, yeah. Um, Mark uh, M- MKBHD, Mark Gurman, yeah. all removing a protective and i'm saying this in quotes but you can't see it protective layer from the screen 
that looks like a standard um, screen protector that you would mm. see on any phone that you purchase. Um, and that screen protector isn't really a screen protector. It's a protective layer that holds the display together, um, which is a pretty significant design flaw, especially because depending on who you talk to who suffered from these issues, Samsung didn't tell them. Um, I believe the phone that we got when I uh, took the packaging off it, it did have uh, like a little notification um, on, on the like little plastic layer that said, don't take off this protective layer. Um, but there's a, n- a number of other journalists that say that they didn't have any kind of notification like that. Regardless, mm. it should have been very clear. Don't take this off. And perhaps maybe that's not a good way to design a foldable phone in the first place, right? Because mm. um, if your entire phone comes off from a little tiny thin uh, sort of filament being removed from the screen, um, maybe that's a, a significant design flaw. So, Ted. Yes, sir. Samsung might have took too literally the saying, uh, move fast and break stuff. <laughs> uh, under in your estimation as Patrick stealthily exits the podcast thank you Patrick for your uh, thank you Patrick for your contributions to the podcast Ted what do you think happened here well you know some communication would have helped first of all uh, because this is a pretty significant thing um, if this the, the plastic layer, if it was holding the screen together, why wasn't that mentioned when mm-hmm. we were briefed on the product? Because also, I, why did not the bezel encase the plastic layer? Well, there's that too. Yeah. Um, why couldn't this... Because one thing I'm wondering, and I don't know that Samsung has answered this yet, is why was the phone designed in such a way where you could even take this off in the first place? Mm-hmm. So, because it would seem to me that I don't know, maybe I'm cynical to some degree, but you have to assume that end users to some degree are incompetent mm-hmm. um, and that they will not realize when they're doing something wrong mm-hmm. with the device. And this is one of those classic examples because, again, now when I looked, I didn't take it off. Like when I when I had the device, I didn't take it off because I thought, okay, well, I, I but at the same time, I'd not assume that it was holding the screen together. I didn't either. even. I didn't notice it. Right. I think yeah. It was, like I, it never occurred to me. I think Bennett, um, uh, one of Mobile Surf staff writers, and John, another staff writer, pointed it out to me, uh, but I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. Yeah. It never didn't occur to me at all. Um, so starting with you, Bryson, uh, but then I would love everyone's opinion on this as I silent my notifications. Man, this podcast just like the fold going off the rails. Um, how do you think Samsung came so close to shipping what is essentially a broken product? Well, uh, I, I think it's tough. I think there's a number of just assumptions that had, uh, you know, gone through their brain and, and, and the, the, the mind trust that's over there. And they thought that they were safe in that regard. And they didn't really go to the, the worst case scenario in mm. their brain. And, uh, from my experience as a, uh, a previous in a previous life as a as a technician of these devices, you do kind of need to assume the not the worst is a bit harsh, but you will have to assume that users will use your device in very creative ways, mm-hmm. and uh, there will be always new ways to to find flaws and and especially on such a complex device. I've got the iFixit. Hmm. Uh, uh, tear down. It was really fascinating. Yeah, it's 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 incredible, and some of the design decisions they made here, and and obviously, um, 
I can't speak to the Samsung uh, repair, you know, workflow or anything like that, or even if they've they're going to bother trying to repair these phones by by technicians. Um, but it just looks it looks pretty insane. Uh, we'll get more in depth with the iFixit report in just a bit. But I think the follow up question I want to ask Ted before you answer is, how did it get to this point, especially with Samsung having something? like this in their history, right? Which is the Note uh, 7, right? Um, the company's already gone. Not that, you know, these situations are exactly the same. Obviously, they're not. You know, one was a safety issue. But you would think in this kind of post-Note 7 world in which they work and live, that they would be one of the most cautious company when it comes to shipping a new product, right? Like putting everything through its paces. Yeah, so I want to preface what I'm saying. You know, I think I was a bit harsh when I said incompetent earlier. I, I think... What I, on both ends here, for on the one hand, you had Samsung, which had a they had an ad campaign mm-hmm. after the Note Seven, saying, "Hey, we're we're, we're going to be really stringent moving forward with any mm-hmm. products we release." So then you have now I get it. This is a new product, cate- like a subcategory of mm-hmm. of smartphone in a way. It's something new. Nobody else was really has launched anything like it. I get that. There's going to be kinks, and we expect that. I mean, a first-generation product is yeah. going to have that. But this is the lack of oversight on this. Like, I, I mean, who was t- what kind of quality assurance was there? Right, and it's also so, like a product category that so much it's invested so much of its identity in. Right, like you are the CES expert here. How many CESs were about foldable displays are coming? Right, and Samsung is leading the charge. Right. Yeah. But, you know, like yeah, yeah. so much of their identity as a company is tied up to this product. I think some of it, at least to me, I, I feel like they rushed the phone out because they wanted to get it out before the Mate X. I think that's part of it. I think they probably did a ton of testing, but perhaps not real world testing because they didn't want mm. the phone out in the wild. It's like a difficult phone to yeah. hide and look like another yeah. device. Right. Mm-hmm. You would be seeing like leaked screenshots and uh, sorry, leaked photos and stuff everywhere. So I feel like testing a phone in a lab with like equipment that abuses it um, and actually giving it to a regular person to test out the device are two different things. Like the debris thing is something that I don't think you would really encounter in a lab unless you're doing like a very specific test with like sand or whatever. And maybe that didn't occur to Samsung. Mm. I I just feel like a a regular person treats a phone very differently. And that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, mm. The result of because they touted that right, they touted the fact that they folded oh, yeah. the phone a thousand times, two hundred thousand. Could you do two hundred? Yeah, I think it's yeah. rated for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Bryson, do you want to summarize the findings of iFixit? Um, the the main highlights, I guess. And absolutely. Moment. And so, uh, what they found was a was a bunch of different stuff. It's just a very complex piece of equipment. Now, it's it's a pretty unique. Um, like a, a two battery setup, I can see here. Uh, the uh, bezels around the main display, the internal display, are incredibly thin. You can see them just almost peeling off the uh, device when they are when they were removed, and um, and then the hinge itself uh, was in, like 
supremely with tiny tiny pieces supremely complex and um to me this is this is challenging because i can't imagine how you would do individual modular repairs are we are and and that leads to the discussion of how how are people going to stop using this phone are they going to uh refurbish them or are they just going to need to recycle them entirely and and, mm-hmm. and electronic waste is a is a pretty big topic right yeah. now so um and, you know, maybe starting with you, Pat, um, you know, so one of the interesting things to me about this, uh, the iFixit report was that they kind of like the issues are more than skin deep, right? There are some very fundamental flaws. So, for example, one of the issues that they pointed out was there is no ingress protection on the spine, right? The main folding mechanism yeah, that yeah. protects the this that protects both the inside of the phone and the display from dust and debris but, and i think that's exactly what happened with uh Dieter's phone uh, stuff got yes. underneath it and then mm-hmm. punctured to the display i think mm-hmm. there was like an msn bc reporter that also had a similar issue mm-hmm. and th- those are those are problems with the screen that aren't related to like it being a foldable arguably the, the user error of removing the yes. protective but, but, layer oh certainly but, yeah but there's even one more mm-hmm. that i think where I mean, Apple got in trouble once because people sat on a phone that ended up bending. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of people who put their phones in their back pocket. Now, what happens if you accidentally sit on this thing? Mm-hmm. Does goodbye fold? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, yeah. can that can that screen withstand that kind of weight and pressure mm-hmm. without snapping in two? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that that was tested. I assume Samsung would have tested something like that, but the fact that we don't know for sure because Samsung didn't communicate anything Mm -hmm. like that, I I think speaks to the fact that this was rushed to some degree. And I, I wouldn't, I would go even as far to say that Samsung reps may not have even known Mm -hmm. everything they needed to know about the Mm -hmm. product. They've got one thing going for them. The phone when folded is almost what, two inches Mm -hmm. or uh, two centimeters. Pardon me. So it's a thick guy. That's that's definitely the the case. It's it's unlikely in fold mode going to be folding in your pocket too much. But uh, one thing I can see, especially with the, the, the fact that there are literally entry points into the device is uh, pocket lint. Mm. Pocket lint is going to destroy this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Potentially if, if, if without, without changes to, to uh, that, that screen fold. So I, I didn't run into any like structural issues with the phone, but it is a lint magnet, both the outside of the phone uh, and a smudge and grease magnet on the outside. But the screen itself, I think because it's plastic, it, mm-hmm. it just attracted dust like crazy. Like anytime I tried to take a picture of it um, for any of the coverage that we were doing, it would just be covered in dust, absolutely covered. Um, and mm-hmm. it was difficult to remove. Like you couldn't even get it off with, with a wipe. Like it would just be stuck there. And anytime you have a surface on top of a surface that is not and totally uniform, mm. you're, you're going to have crevices. Mm-hmm. And crevices always attract stuff you don't want. Oh, right? yeah. I, and I'm remind, it reminds me, you guys will probably remember this. So remember when Huawei launched the P10 and mm-hmm. P10 Pro? And those phones had a protective layer on top. And Huawei didn't, didn't fully express, you know, they didn't fully communicate to say, hey, listen, that actually is the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, y- if you take that off, you lose the, you know, all the coating is gone. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. If you take that off, the coating is gone. This Comple- is the P20? This is the, oh, P10. the P10. P10, okay. Yeah, they, they, they fixed the mistake in okay. the P20. Well, they fixed it in the P20 so that, you, that that wasn't an issue. 
But I, rem- I, I do recall, I think to save on costs, they classic they they put a protector a plastic protector over the display mm-hmm. and basically said all the the oleophobic coating all that stuff is on the plastic mm-hmm. not on the glass so right. when you take yeah so when you take the coating off all of a sudden you know it, you have this like you this. have this like matte kind of glass that mm-hmm. attracted a lot of smudges and blemishes and it didn't look good mm-hmm. so Huawei learned from the mistake and hasn't done it since this isn't the same. It's not apples to apples. I get that, but it is. It is similar because again, when you have when you have some a layer on top of another layer, and they're they're it's not uniform, and there's there's even a little bit of air that can get mm-hmm. in there. I mean, it's it, there's going to be a mess. Uh, I'd love all of you to answer this question in turn, starting with you, Teddy. Um, had this error not been spotted, or this potential catastrophe been spotted by reviewers. How do you think this would have played out on the market? Okay, so you're so you're hyper- a bit of speculative. Okay, so fiction. so your scenario is that the product is launched mm-hmm. in the U.S. like it would have been mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and then what if ignorance out? was bliss, and then then tomorrow? Well, <laughs> it was. Just- I mean, it would be more embarrassing for sure because then you'd have a recall. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Here we don't have a recall. The, the the extent of this recall is basically just getting devices back from reviewers and whoever else. Who knows them. how many of those were actually? Yeah, and, and who? Yeah, and I don't think the number is extremely high uh, mm-hmm. because the phone wasn't coming out to every market mm-hmm. at the same time. So the the fact that there would have been a recall would have been like, okay, here we go again, and mm-hmm. it would have been embarrassing and far more costly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they kind of dodged a bullet in that regard but it's no less embarrassing uh to me because yet again the the company has been caught putting out a product even more so in this case because they like i said they put an ad campaign out saying hey you know we've we've got some pretty rigid standards here Mm -hmm. you know we're going to be testing you know every like we're going to be testing this to the hilt to make sure that anything we come out with is going to be ready to go and that just wasn't the case here. So I think it's pretty bad. What was the question? Um, had the phone, had the viewers not oh, spotted like, this how, error? How would it have worked out? Yeah. Um, it would have been disastrous. This would have been like the third major, uh, I guess, malfunction that a Samsung device has had in the last few years. Like you have the the Note 5 with the, the reverse S Pen problem that they mm. eventually solved. And then you had the, the Note 7 um, explosive fire issue. And then this was kind of like the cherry on top. Um, so, I mean, it, I think it's good that they caught this when the phone was just in the hands of reviewers. I, I don't think that this would have been as disastrous as something like the Note 7 because I truly don't believe that Samsung really wants this phone to sell incredibly well. This mm-hmm. is an experimental device that they want out there to say that they made it first. They got it at the door first before Huawei. Um, that costs a crazy amount of money, especially mm-hmm. we assume in, in Canada, like in the $2,600 range. That's not a price the average person is willing, willing to spend on a phone, but it's definitely a better situation for Samsung to have caught this before it was commercially released in the States. Uh, as far as I know, Samsung Canada says that the Canadian release is still on track for this summer, summer 2019. Hmm. Who knows what that means, or, but they claim it hasn't been pushed back in any way. Bryson? Spare a thought. Imagine if this hit store shelves. And just imagine the, or think about the Samsung's retail situation. Spare a thought for all the Rogers, Bell, and TELUS retail workers who would have to deal with this 
and be one step removed from the corporate element of Samsung. You're not generally, uh, say you have a problem with Apple, you can take it directly back to Apple and deal mm. with them almost on a one-to-one, at least speaking to a corporate representative of Apple. Whereas Samsung may have one giant flagship store, say in the Eaton Center, but they don't, and, and possibly in other larger metro areas, but uh, in small towns or even a smaller town like, or at least a smaller city like Ottawa, hmm. uh, you would have to either bring it back to a third-party dealer or you would only have to bring it back to a third-party dealer. And uh, and and I know from my own experience that uh, even working for a first-party company, that's tough. Working for a third-party and needing to explain this to your customers and, and but not having any information from the Samsung side at the same time, mm-hmm. that's tough. That would be so rough. Mm-hmm. And think of the call centers, think of the, the the rage that would come, but no ability to actually rectify the situation beyond returning the phone or or, or replacing mm-hmm. it in some capacity. I just want to throw in, you know, because there's a journalism parallel to this too, uh, where it's not always, it's not about being first. It's about being right, mm-hmm. being accurate. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies here because I think Samsung may have pushed to be first mm-hmm. to market to say, you know, so How that- dare you forget the flex. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi. Well, I mean, Ted. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but anyway, um, they wanted to be first, and they—I think that's that was partly the motivation here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do wonder if. If what they say is true and the launch is on track for Canada and other markets, what are they going to be addressing in, the, in this postponement? Right. Uh, is mm-hmm. it just a screen issue? Is it just, I mean, what are they going to change? You know, Bryson, like what he described was a really tight situation as far as inside the device. So I don't know. There's not a lot of wiggle room exactly. to move and things around in there. The question uh, I wanted to pivot to, which is, you know, knowing what we know from this iFixit report, Bryson, I don't feel like this is necessarily fixable. Like, no. You know, like, I think without a major redesign I, of the phone. It's going to be a whack load of documentation. There, It's going to come, I can imagine, all they're doing is printing a ton of little booklets that say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, watch out for this, watch out for this, and uh, yeah, don't do this. I was thinking that they might be able to do something to the, the like, protective layer to make it a little more difficult to... Uh, peel off like maybe putting some kind of um i don't want to call it a bezel but like a seal around the side well extending of it. it under the bezel right so that oh, you can't okay. even access yeah it. That, that's possible that's that, that's thing. that's all i can think of them doing but i, yeah, I guess yeah. the one thing that i wanted to say is like so i i i realize that i'm probably in the minority in this but i didn't encounter any of the structural issues with the phone mm-hmm. i had it for roughly a week or so um and i wrote a relatively positive hands-on with it there's obviously like some qualms i had with the design of the phone i thought it was really thick but generally my experience with it was pretty pretty positive i don't Mm -hmm. know if that would have held up with further use but 
I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought the fold worked really well. I really appreciated being able to have what is essentially a phone with the ability to turn into a tablet in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my end sort of conclusion was like, this is really cool. I'm glad it exists, but I don't think I could ever recommend it to anyone because it's not exactly ready for for prime time yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that like I, I did generally like the phone. I think my opinion has changed now that all these other problems have occurred. But my initial um, experience with the phone, which was like roughly a week, was pretty positive. Um, Chad. Yes. We've only mentioned them in passing, but what do you think the reaction at Huawei HQ was to this? <laughs> I have no idea. Party. But, um, I have no idea. But I, I assume, because I can only assume, that they probably would have made sure that they did not meet the same fate. So this would have been like, okay, listen, guys, look, let's make sure nothing peels off the screen. Make sure yeah. that, you know, there's no debris that can get in there. Uh, okay, we, we don't want any screw-ups uh, because Huawei actually would, would, would fare worse in oh, a situation yeah. like this than yeah. Samsung would. So, I, I again, I, I don't know for sure. I don't have insight on this within the company. But my assumption is that, yeah, they probably are doubling down to say, okay, you know what, we have to make sure that, we, uh, we we don't have any potential for the same issue, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know that that will mean that Huawei postpones their launch. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of time frame. They haven't announced any launch date anyway, but uh, I, I, that's my guess. Um, Bryson, what do you think about that? I think, I think um, I'm going to expand the question a little bit just to inc- include all cell phone companies, smartphone companies, because I think we're seeing we're about to hit a major trend of um, very complex pieces, little small pieces of equipment, little servos, little motors. Already, if we use Huawei as an example, their laptops have have pop up cameras on them now. Like the OnePlus Seven Pro oh, is supposed yeah. to have a pop up camera. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and we're we're trying to adhere to these kind of advanced looking form factors with old old approaches, old solutions. And while there are some exciting things on the horizon, for example, I've seen um, motors that don't have any, well, they move, but they don't have any like... Linear motors. Yeah. And 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 there's new new stuff on the horizon, which looks really interesting. But these the they're trying to incorporate these features a little early into the, the, the available technology that's out there. Uh, and as we said, it's just not ready for prime time. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because... Smartphones, generally speaking, have chemicals and components, but not necessarily a lot of moving parts. Mm. So when you introduce that element into a device, especially one that is this unique, Mm. the potential for pitfalls definitely grows. And that's why, again, I think partly why there is such scrutiny over this Mm. is why a company with the resources and the history of Samsung would what, you know, why some, a situation like this would befall a company like that. Um, but I, I don't know. And that's why I think Huawei, because you mentioned Huawei, and, and I think anybody else, any other company that's looking to make a similar product is going to try to make sure that they don't suffer the same fate. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the risks of being first, right, mm-hmm. is that you will also will be first to make a mistake mm-hmm. oftentimes. And unfortunately for Samsung, you know, it was a pretty big one. But if there is a silver lining, it's that at least it wasn't in consumers' hands that this mm-hmm. happened. Because then, you know, I mean, like Patrick said, it would be three times in a few years 
Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd love for all of you to, uh, you know, give your take on this, but, uh, starting with you, Ted, um, you know, you mentioned history sure, and we talked about Huawei, um, and the company Huawei specifically has been very clear about its intentions, right? It wants to dethrone Samsung right now that it's, uh, surpassed Apple as the number two, uh, smartphone manufacturer in the world. Is this the kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back where we look back and this is the moment where, you know, Samsung kind of has this fall from grace and is no longer the number one smartphone manufacturer in the world. Well, which market are we talking about, though? Uh, Worldwide. Okay, yeah. If we're talking worldwide, no. I I think Samsung is entrenched enough where even even this wouldn't... Again, now it helps that it it didn't get out to consumers. Mm -hmm. When it gets to consumers, if there's another problem... Right. That, that so what's to say something won't happen? It, well, that's a thing, right? Yeah. So who knows? Something else could happen after it comes out. Uh, Huawei, the difference with Samsung and Huawei is that Samsung is not dogged by other issues hmm. related to company practices, uh, issues related to uh, geopolitics. Have you looked into what their chairman's been doing? <laughs> oh, well, no, that's that's the thing, though. Samsung, <laughs> Samsung. If we were to talk, if we were having this conversation in South Korea, oh yeah, the or different, Japan, different world. or East Asia, then it'd be we would be having a different conversation that way. Mm-hmm. But all the way here in North America, we we don't even know about all the the graft and the corruption mm-hmm. that has gone on in the highest echelons mm-hmm. of Samsung, but. We do hear about Huawei mm-hmm. in not necessarily glowing terms, actually rarely ever glowing terms these days. So Samsung doesn't have that kind of an issue when it comes to its income and when it comes to optics mm-hmm. in most markets, I would say. So for that reason, I would say Samsung is fine mm-hmm. because they will still sell phones. They're still going to sell tons of stuff, mm-hmm. but you are treading on thin ice if you keep screwing up. Mm-hmm. My allowed a hot take? Of course. Um, hot take it up. I think I think the Note 7 problem is worse. Mm-hmm. Just simply because that's fire and uh, thermal event. And that, it was a flagship product. Yeah, and 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 it wasn't expect this wasn't it wasn't an experiment. Whereas this this is going to be a $3000 almost piece of equipment that is going to be very specialized and doesn't again like Pat said, not to be expected in everyone's pocket. Whereas the Note 7. You know, but what's fascinating about the Note 7 is that there were people where they were like asking Patrick, they're like, can I have your Note 7 before Samsung takes it? Like, I don't want to give this phone up, you know, Um, where, and it's interesting. I bring that up because it's interesting when you kind of set it against this example, which is that like there are certain people for whom this company can do no wrong, right? Like there's there's a lot of our readers that are extremely loyal to Samsung. Yeah. Um you can see it in the reviews. If you if, if I say anything negative about a Samsung device, you can mm-hmm. see, see sort of the response to that. Yeah. Um I also think even just for the general public that isn't super uh, immersed in the world of smartphones, for many of them Samsung is Android. Like that's what an yes. Android phone mm-hmm. is it's a Samsung device. Sometimes even like not even they're separate in some cases. Yes. I've even asked have people ask me, should I get a Samsung or an yeah, Android? They think that yeah. that is Android, right? There yeah. is no other phone in their mind, mm-hmm. right? You either buy an iPhone and an Apple phone or even something unto itself. That's why like, I, yeah. you know, like, should I get a Samsung or an Android? I'm like, well, they're, they're the same. So, I mean, like speaking so, one's worse than the other and it's not the way you think <laughs> <laughs> talking about like Canada specifically, I think Huawei's made um, pretty significant inroads and in, like, 
even just the mind share of being a company that exists both negatively and positively. But like you see uh, Huawei ads, Hockey Night in Canada and stuff like that, yeah. right? Um, God, but they're they don't not help sell phones. <laughs> they're not at the level of Samsung um, at all. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I think at least in very specific markets, there's no, there's no fear of like Samsung losing dominance. So I'll pose a question here. Okay, we know that in the world of Hollywood mm-hmm. and any celebrity, you know, that whole world of celebrity, they say any all publicity is good publicity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, can we say the same thing in the tech world? You know what? It's interesting. Uh, I did want to, I was thinking about uh, extending the podcast to talk about LG's recent uh, issues, which is, you know, they're uh, ceasing to manufacture smartphones in uh, Korea, right? And the reason I bring that up is because I saw a tweet by a friend of the podcast, Daniel Bader, where he was like, the most common response to that was people were saying, oh, it is the fault of the tech media that LG is in the um in the um troughs that is in currently right and i think in that way how i see this potentially working out is that people are like well this only you know like they're gonna blame the tech media and they're like samsung did no wrong right and i'll give you another example when i was in hawaii for the qualcomm tech summit uh oneplus said the whatever phone they were coming out in 2019 was going to be the first one to feature the 855, right? Which turned out to be inaccurate. It was going to be among the first, right? They made this error, but there's like, there was no repercussion. There's no repercussion for these companies. Like they literally have to kill someone for there to be a repercussion. <laughs> so, so, okay, so are you saying then that any yes. publicity is good yeah, publicity. I think this is for, good publicity because people are gonna like spin it whatever that way they yeah. want, right? Yeah. Like, people still bought the Note Eight, right? Like, yeah, that I bought remember. it more than they bought the Note Seven and the Note Five. But, but yeah. when we were talking, but when we were talking about the Note Seven at that time, we did also postulate, okay, what if that situation had happened to another company that yes. wasn't as big as Samsung, right? Mm-hmm. So if LG had a situation like that or somebody else. Would it have been, you know, like a death sentence uh, mm-hmm. for that company? I, you know, we had some differing views on that, but I, I, I think it seems to me that if you are a big enough company and you have a big enough footprint, mm-hmm. then maybe any publicity is good publicity. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, you know, I mean, it's a bad example, but you know that Josie Smollett guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's not good publicity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the the guy, anyway. My 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 thing is. It seems like if you have enough cachet mm-hmm. with consumers, you, you can get away with a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you can if you don't. Like, you know, could OnePlus survive something like this the same way? Maybe. Mm, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. the memories are short enough. And yeah. tech as a whole has public opinion on its side uh as we saw in new york city with the amazon hq2 uh withdrawal it turns out of course these are i believe polls uh put out by amazon or at least somebody associated with amazon that people still supported the hq2 uh move mm-hmm. even after the the tax breaks were revealed and how much money they were getting were was revealed uh, the public opinion was still like hey we'd still like this to come to our town and i think uh yesterday with facebook and facebook's earnings and facebook has been 
uh, drags through the the mud a ton. And still, they're still seeing record quarters. Um, people still use the uh, services, even though there might be very good reasons, the services and technologies, even though there might be very good reasons not to. Hmm. And and people, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, I think from what we've seen, it's going to take something fairly significant to shift those those positions. And I'm trying to rack my brain for an example of when has a tech problem really murdered a company? Yeah, I mean, maybe Zuckerberg needs to shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yeah, more or I mean, less. Uh, yeah. I mean, even no. like, uh, do you remember the Red Ring Xbox 360 thing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that yeah. didn't even. And really, that was like the most. That like, was like a third of all consoles. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a third. There was like pretty... a, a massive. I think it was billion dollar, even multi billion dollar write off of some sort for Microsoft. Yeah. Um, and they weathered that, right? Like, well, and also the the PlayStation Three launch and what a disaster the, that the was. Pricing of the well, the pricing and that they didn't have enough units and like yeah. people were, you know, I mean, not killing each other, but people were basically fighting with each other. To, so I, I honestly think like the more the more I think about this, like for big tech companies, any coverage seems like it's good coverage. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, that's that's or why I threw it out there because yeah. Yeah. that's what it seemed like to me is that you know that's why I, po- I threw this out here on the on the podcast because i felt like you know if you're big enough you'll be fine i mean even like yep. apple has had its fair of the battery know, thing like yeah that's oh, battery thing. Thing. no one talks battery gate, gate antenna yeah. gate yeah like it, it, <laughs> yeah. it you know and it didn't really affect them at all in fact it may have even helped them mm-hmm. so if with samsung i think they're going to be fine after this i don't think it's going to hurt them but you know again it, it just also depends on how big you are if you're a smaller company mm, would be a different story. Still trying to trying to think of an example, and it's just so hard to like. I I can't. Maybe it's it's because they're gone and forgotten, but I can't uh, imagine a, a a situation where one of these like oh my god these these are breaking has actually stymied future prospects of a of an organization. Hmm. All right. On that note, uh, we should probably peace out. Uh, but before we do, we do shout outs, of course. Uh, Pat, give us a switch minute. Or if not a switch minute, something else. I'm going to send my shout out to McDonald's for stealing $2,000 from my checking account. I won't go into the details because I'm, I'm very tired of explaining the situation. But uh, there's a, a story that chronicles my experience on mobilesyrup.com. Uh, so check it out. Check out this website, mobilesyrup.com. I hear it's good. Ted, what do you got for us? I'm going to do a dual shout out. Is that okay? Can I do that? You're the prince. You can do whatever. (laughs) Rewrite the rules. Um, So I'm going to do a shout out to both the NHL and NBA playoffs because, uh, first of all, with the NHL, it has been a a stunning, uh, stunning set of series of events here uh, where basically the top teams are almost all eliminated. And it is a wide open contest at this point. And the NBA playoffs, even though more predictable results, there have been some real surprises along the way, uh, especially with the LA Clippers, who uh, are giving the Warriors quite a battle. So, um, yeah, it's been fun to watch, and I'm sure it will be uh, till the end. I have not been watching sports. sports. So instead, I will shout out a book, which I just finished, called SPQR by Mary Beard, which chronicles in a very interesting way the early history of Rome. Check it out if you're interested in history. Bryson, what do you have for us? And I think I'm going to shout out to a little experiment I've been working on. Is uh, I've been using an iPad Pro exclusively since uh, I joined uh, Mobile Syrup, uh, say, about two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then... If I could just correct you, experiment is not the right word, folly, but continue. 
<laughs> See, and this is, I'm going to shout out what I've been dealing with too about it. <laughs> and, um, if anyone has any questions, wants to follow up and learn about my workflow, uh, uh, as a reporter and and photo editing and and composition uh, posting to WordPress, it's all kind of handled it, and uh, I've been pretty happy with the results. Apple uh, is I'm, loving this. Right well, I'm just yeah. I'm just curious, like like what are the top five apps that you're using on it? Oh, de- just normal stuff, I would say, uh, like just web browser, um, Google Docs, just just uh, 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 what I have been using when. Are you using Photoshop? I, not Photoshop. I went on a limb and went with the Affinity Photo Editor that I've used. It's pretty capable. Editor. Yeah, I've used that on the Mac before, and uh, it does everything that I wanted it to on the on the iPad so far. Uh, Note taking, um, even even using the built-in camera has proved useful on it. So uh, it's. I think it's been a, been a pretty like successful two weeks so far of of using this as a full-time uh, device. You know, I feel this iOS thing, if I can make one last joke before we sign off, it's like the new Linux of like tech jokes. It's like, when is Linux going to become a viable, like going to overtake Windows, right? This year. Like, is iOS going to be a viable OS? Look uh, at the headline of every iPad Pro review I've ever been. Almost there. Almost there. Even closer. (laughs) Almost capable of doing what I needed to To do. do. Almost. One day. One day. Anyway, thankfully, Mobile Syrup Podcast will be back. That's next week. If you're not following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can do so at Mobile Syrup. Pat, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke and on MobileSyrup.com. Bryson, where are you? You can find me at, uh, at Bryson underscore M on Twitter and uh, on MobileSyrup.com. If I can just quickly say, Bryson has uh, helped Elon Musk lose his mind. So A couple times. A couple times. Uh, he got him to change his profile picture one day. That was pretty funny. Ted, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, at ByTeddyK, B-Y-Teddy-K, and uh, on MobileSyrup.com and other publications. Thanks for coming in to join us. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Until next week, take it easy. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 